Well, welcome to another episode of the To Be Discussed podcast. I'm your host, Riley Pate, my co-host, best friend, and business partner, Adrian Hernan, here with me. And uh, we've got a little bit of a different topic for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the future and the potential of this younger generation. Yeah, it's just, we want to start this off, you know, as, you know, it's, it's a positive thing, um, discussing this show and the format and how we were going to put it together. I was, I really, because this, this generation, as you said before, they get a bad rap, you know, and we've, we've said some things too, um, but when you really just stop and you listen to them and actually take the time to talk with them, you find out that they actually have, you know, uh, some something to them, you know, some substance mm-hmm. to them. There's something in them. And so, you know, this is a, you know, the positive side of it. You know, we, we don't want to give them a bad rap for anything. We don't want to be a, a, a Debbie Downer to them. <laughs> but, you know, they're actually, um, as I've seen before, you know, still working in the school system. They're, they're some smart kids uh, in their own, uh, their own way. And, in this society, you know, the last thing that we obviously want to do in these times is uh, put them down, you mm. know, because there's so much that they could get into and so much uh, just trouble and stuff that's around them that they, that they can get into that's not good for them. And the last thing that we want to do is uh, put them down and make them feel like they're not worth, you know, anything. But, but unfortunately, that's what so many people do. Uh, they... You know, it, it, it's a sad reality that right now we're living in a time. So the Bible was very specific when it said that the older generation was to teach the younger generation. Yeah. And the younger generation should respect the older generation. That goes both ways. The Yes, the younger generation needs to have respect. And, yeah. and, and sadly, in some cases, they don't. But, honestly, if, we, if we're going to be real about this and be honest, the majority of the time, it's more about the fact that the older generation refuses to teach. And right. instead of teaching and, and instead of setting examples, they just want to talk bad about them. Yeah. Well, back in my day, you know, yeah. there's too many back in my day, get well, off my lawn type of people. Well, here's the thing. So there's a gap. There's a huge gap. Um, our grandparents, for, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. our grandparents, they were the ones that, you know, teach, yes. you know. But our parents, that's where that gap is. Mm-hmm. And so from from those that were born in the 60s and were in their teenage, you know, through the 70s and 20s and the 80s uh, or going through the 90s, those are the ones that, you know, that kind of just stopped teaching. Yeah. Um, and so then you had my, you know, my generation... Uh, who were born in the 90s and your generation, kind of the early 2000s, where now we have these parents who are, you know, they're, they're parents. And the age gap is that these parents did the best that they could, you yeah. know, and so on and so forth. Well, then you have this generation where the parents are younger, the grandparents are younger, And so there's not really, so there's kids raising kids and the grandparents are still in their (laughs) thirties. So they're still growing up. And so therefore nobody's raising 
nobody and nobody's learning anything. So there's a huge gap where teaching didn't happen. And that's where that's why we have the results that we have today because the people who are our parents age say like in their mid 40s to 50s, you know, 50s. Mm-hmm. Those are and I say I even early 60s. Those are the ones that you will most likely see. Okay, you know, these these kids are you know they all blah blah blah, and they will talk down on them because they didn't teach. They're not willing, like you said, they're not willing to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, they rather just see the bad side of it. But we <clears throat> we have to see what that generation went through as well. It's nothing different from what this generation went through, and I guess that's why they call. The 90s, like my age, my generation, the lost generation, it's because we didn't witness what the generation above us witnessed, and we didn't go through what they went through, but this generation is. They are. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. Uh, back in, coming up in the 70s, or late 60s, going in the 70s and 80s, you had war. Mm-hmm. You, you, the war... And then, and uh, coming in the late sixties into seventies, into you start getting drugs. You know when addicts is coming back from war, and mm-hmm. and then Cocaine the eighties becomes popular in the eighties. In the eighties, all these drugs through the eighties, mm-hmm. and that was the popular thing. And you got until you got to the nineties, it kind of slowed down. You know, but you get to the nineties, then that's my generation. Okay, there's drugs have slowed down. They're not as prevalent as it was in the eighties. They're still there. Mm-hmm. But you get this generation, and it's almost the same thing. There's war. Yeah. There's drugs. Constant. Yeah. yeah. So you have all this stuff. It's it's exactly like it was in the 80s, except it's a little bit tuned up. And so that's why, you, that's why we can't just look at this generation and say, well, they're a lost cause. No, they're not. It's just that you got to learn how to relate to them. And, and not only that. But, but I wanted to cover a few of the things that I hear quite often. Number one, they're too soft. Now, granted, are there some softies? Yes. Are there some kids that just need, you know, to be tubbed up a little bit? Absolutely. But, so so you, I, I don't remember if you were there for this conversation. There was a conversation that I had... Uh, oh, it's been months. I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago now. Something like that. Anyways. And it was uh, actually on a Sunday night at church. <clears throat> during After a Bible study. I, in fact, you weren't there. And something was said um, to the effect of, well, you know, I had stress as a kid and they just seemed to learn how to deal with it. And somebody popped up and said, that's your. That's the issue. <laughs> like you were made to just deal with it. Yeah. And you know, I I think this this idea that well because we pile on and we pile on and we pile on, everybody should just do that. Well, that's why you have some of the issues in your life that you do. Yeah. And it's not a matter of being softer. It's that this group, this generation, has become smarter. And here's what I mean by that. They have figured out on their own accord, really, that all of those stressors are not necessary. Right. Like, I don't have to 
have that in my life to be, you know, uh, successful. And 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 the the generation right above them says, well, that's adulting. No, it's not. That, that yeah. that's not. I, I know that's what we like to say, but that's not true. Yeah. And you have you you struck something very interesting because this is something I talked about at uh, Bible study uh, one Wednesday night as well. I brought up in a conversation is that I couldn't go to my mom and tell her I was stressed out because yeah. she look at me like I'm crazy. What you got to stress about? You know you you don't have a job. You know you're not working. You got to pay bills. Have stress. That but see that's where that generation they believe that if if you don't have you're not working you're not paying bills. If you ain't adult, you should have no reason to stress. Yeah, that's that's baloney. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And that's that's the mindset of that generation. And these, like you said, these kids they 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 figured out that's unnecessary. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get rid of it. I don't need it. I don't want it if it's not helping me. And but it's just like you said, they it, the generation that generation they believe that if you're if you're not stressing. Then you're not doing something. Yeah, you're just freeloading. Yeah, yeah. But if you're stressing, you have no right to stress because I mean, and that's not. I mean, that's just dumb. I mean, I just say it's dumb. I don't understand it. I never have understand it. You know, because like I said, I wasn't able to have that conversation with my uh, with my mom. You know, I couldn't like I couldn't go tell my mom, "Hey, mom, like, I'm st- I got a lot of stress." You know. Or anxiety or stuff like mm-hmm. that, but this generation they do, and they don't know who or what to turn to because they're told, "Oh, you just get over it," you know, you know nothing, ain't nothing wrong with you. So as a result, they either pile it in, yeah, and and create other issues, or they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to partying, all those unhealthy outlets. Yeah, but. There are that sector that even if they they don't have maybe parents, they do find somebody a healthy outlet. Right. And and all they're doing, even though you know that that generation up above them goes, oh well, you know that that's just part of life. And and, and those kids are like, no, it's not. So I'm going to, in a healthy way, decompress from this situation. Yeah. Uh. And, and there's nothing. My deal. My point is, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't understand. Why we have to push some of these, quite frankly, stupid ideologies on this younger generation? It is it is insane to me that there is a whole generation that believes, well, you've got to stress yourself out. You've got to have three or four jobs. You've got to do this. You've got. Where did that come from? Like that's there's nothing there that teaches that. In fact. Just coming out from a biblical perspective, I could sit down and have a strong biblical theological argument with people with that mindset and show them from Scripture that really and truly what you're saying is the American way or just the way life is, is so far removed from what God intended in the Scripture Mm -hmm. That you go to church and you pound your chest while I'm in church and I'm just adulting and this is just life. But have you really come to understand the God of the Bible? Because the God of the Bible teaches some of those same concepts that this younger generation has about you don't have to have all this in your life to to get the main thing. You can push that to the side and say, you know what, that's not worth it. 
not not that that's inherently bad, but that's not worth it for me. Yeah. Well, I get this, and I get the the notion in a sense from this generation is that they're not chasing money. You know, and, and it's like we talked about yesterday when we were talking about how we we're going to do the show. I told you that you know they don't. When we talked about it, they don't just settle for anything. You know. No. They're not just out there just to get any old thing or any, you know, to be successful any old way. No, they're very specific on how they pursue a career. They're very specific on, you know, what they want to do, uh, how they're going to do it, and how much they want to make. They're not out there just, well, well, I want to chase money. I want to be, no, they're not. They're very driven. But they're not in that pursuit of the American dream like that generation was and like how my generation could have been, you know? Well, that leads to the second point I was going to make. Not only are they not soft, they're not really, not all of them are lazy. Now, granted, there are some. There's, but, but newsflash, there's lazy people in every generation. Yeah. There's always been, but that's just (laughs) the way it is. Yeah. But just because, so, so here's what I hear now. Oh, nobody wants to work anymore. No, nobody wants to work for crap wages. Right. And get treated like dirt. Yeah. That's the difference. Is that nobody wants to have to be subjected to uh, a management style that is work, 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 and then we're going to pay you just enough. Well, at this point, because of our economy, the economic situation... Most places do not pay enough for a livable wage. Right. And so what these younger people are doing is they are pursuing other things that aren't your typical 9 to 5, that aren't your typical fast food or restaurant type of job because they're looking at these other things that have become available, especially post-pandemic, and saying, I can make more money in five hours of work here than I could in 30 hours of work here. Right. But what the older generation above them says, oh, you're just lazy. No, it's it's the same thought processes. It's just a different way of doing it, and it's it's what you said. They're not settling. Because for years, people have just settled for, this is the way you know my life's going to be. I can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to accept yes. it and move on. This generation's not doing that. Yeah, well... The older generation, just like this this generation, they did what they had to do and what opportunities opportunities were out there. So back then, a fast food job that was more relevant than you know going to going off to college, you know, or a nine to five. That you would most likely either get would be working in a fast food restaurant, and then if you after that you go into a nine to five. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. You didn't. There wasn't that many people going to college like that back then. Yeah. You know, because that's one. That's not how they're raised. Their, their parents didn't do it, and so they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, their parents didn't graduate high school, so they didn't graduate. They just went on to get a nine to five. That's why you had so many um, construction workers, uh, truck drivers. You know, people who drove tr- trucks. My granddaddy did it. My granddaddy drove trucks and nearly. Probably 30 to 50 years, somewhere between there. But that's what he did, you know. He went and got he went and got a 9 to 5. Um, my grandmother, same thing. She worked at a restaurant, you know, fast food restaurant. 
and she also had a nine to five job. Um, my mama did it. She tried college. College didn't work out, so she worked in a restaurant for a while. Then when got nine, you know. So and and my dad as well. Now my dad has a college. Uh, he went to college, got a, a certificate and everything. He did college, but got a nine to five. You know. Yeah. So, but this generation. They're starting to look outside of the box and seeing the other opportunities and saying, well, listen, I don't want to get paid paycheck the paycheck. I don't want, you know, I want they're more going for the 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 salary jobs. They're they're not afraid to say, "Okay, I want to go to college. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not lazy. They're very driven. But they really are. And and it's just a matter of the the. We've got to get away from the get off my lawn back in my day mentality. Yeah. Because now are there some bad things that happen in, in this mentality? Yes. Are there some good things that happened in the past? Absolutely. Can those two things merge? Yes, they can. But you're not ever going to merge something if if you come in with that back in my day mentality. Yeah. You have to approach it from here's what I've experienced. Right. Well, let me teach you out of that, or yeah. let me let me take you back to a more biblical perspective. Right, uh, that's healthy. But this trying to force your way of life on your kid in the sense of I got a nine to five, so you've got to get a nine to five, or else you're lazy. That's yeah. ridiculous. I it, it it seems like there is a war, a battle rather between. The, the, the older generation that we're talking about and this generation. Mm-hmm. And then our generation just kind of sits there in the middle. Yeah, you we're know? sandwiched. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, because it's almost like being a stepchild in the child in the middle of two parents arguing. Yeah. Because, you know, you want, you know, we we, we easily embrace this generation. You mm-hmm. know, we're willing to teach them and take them in. And, but you have the generation above us that don't, they don't, it's like they don't want anything to do with them. And so yeah. it's like there's a battle because this generation pushed back against that generation. Because this, like you said, they're trying to force something on them and they ain't they ain't taking it. They say it's a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to take that. We don't, you know, so we're going to push it. You know, we don't want it. Right. We're not taking it. And so there's a battle going on between the two gener- those two generations. And it can all be so simple as if, as the older ones be adults. Mm-hmm. And so, and really look at it. Listen, my, my childhood wasn't as different as their childhood is right now. Yeah. You know, I went through some of the same crap and seen some of the same crap that they're seeing right now. Because like I, we said in the beginning, the 80s, you grew up in the 70s and the 80s, you've seen a bunch. Mm-hmm. Not only just what you, on, on the streets outside, but on, on TV. Yeah. The stuff became so, you know... Started, that's when stuff started to pick up, move fast. TV, mm-hmm. uh, gaming, and all this stuff. But you've seen all this, and this generation is going through the same thing. It's just, like I said, it's a little bit more tuned up. But if you look at it with a naked eye, it's the same thing. But if this the, the older generation just be adults, grow up, and say, you know what? I, I'm Listen, I get it. Let me show you how I did it, and and we try to work something out. Try to meet somewhere in the middle, but as long as you know they're dishing it out, and the other one ain't taking it, and they're throwing it back, it's gonna continue to be that battle. And 
they're not. And, and the sad part about it is that my generation wasn't necessarily taught because that's our parents, the older. Yeah. Those are our parents. We weren't necessarily taught certain things. And so we kind of learned on our, learned on our own, mm-hmm. too. I think that's where we mesh with this generation so well. Because we learned it on our own. Yeah, we've been there. And so it's like, we understand you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to take you in. We're going to, because we've learned it on our own and we've accomplished something. So we're going to teach you how we, we're going to show you how we did it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's certain things that we don't know that we're looking at the older generation, but they're, they're not going to, they're not teaching us or they can't teach us. Yeah. You know, um, because that's where you have the rebellion era, era right there. Mm-hmm. They may have been taught it, but they didn't follow it. Right. Um, so they're not going to, they're not teaching us, you know. So we kind of got to pick up and, and learn our own. And so you have, like I said, you have this gap where, you know, you have those who who, who were taught it and then rebelled and then listened and kind of went their own way. And you have our generation who you know, just kind of figured it out, taught some things, figured out the rest. You have this generation right here who, are, they're very observant. Um and just won't take anything, and they're kind of figuring it out on their own. They're very smart, and they're and then you and that's where the clash happens because it's like, well, who taught you that? Now who? Yeah, it's, it's like, like <laughs> it's like belittling them. Yeah, and, and that's my third. That kind of moves into my third point that I wanted to make about them. They're not dumb. No, like everybody wants to act like this <laughs> is very, the dumbest generation. They're not. They're very Trust smart. Me. Uh, I, in fact, this goes back to last year. So I was working at uh, Pittsburgh ISD yeah. there, and that senior class. Remember, I told you I'd been doing this for ten years. Yeah. And every senior class I'd ever had was, you know, you had your two or three that were going to go off to college. The rest of them kept maybe go to NTCC over here, uh, and this is working just in the area, not uh, yeah. at Pittsburgh, but having coached at Union Hill and then at Harmony, and then everybody else was going to go get. Family jobs are just jobs where it's easy to go around this area because you just knew the people just yeah. go get a job. That was the majority of your senior class. I mean, you only had two or three that were going to go to legitimate. And when I say legitimate college, what I mean is like move off, only come back twice a year. Like, yeah. It, you, that wasn't common. So I'm sitting there last year in one of the senior classes uh, that, that I was working in at the time. And, and I'm listening to him talk. This was towards the end of the year. I started asking them questions about who's going where. And, and I think I had maybe, let's say, 15 kids in the class. 10 out of 15, that means only 5, 10 out of 15 were actually going to move off. Like, go elsewhere. Yeah. And and honestly, walking around town, being in the town, that was pretty accurate. Yeah. Like, not perfect, but pretty accurate. And, and whereas in the past, it would have been the other way around. It would have been five and the ten left yeah. around here. That wasn't the case. And I remember listing, and I, I, I think I talked to you like you yeah, did you after texted class. Me. You texted I was like, me. this is incredible. Because no longer was it, oh, yeah, I'm going to go work in mom's job or dad's company or wherever. he's. Get. It was, I'm going to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Ole Miss. I'm going to Arkansas. I'm going to... And, I mean, we're not even just talking about Texas schools. These were kids who were ready to, to, to go out of state anywhere they could in the country. Yeah. And these were smart kids. I mean, we're talking about the upper percentile of that class. So yeah. it wasn't like a pipe dream. They, this was a legitimate conversation. 
And and I remember sitting there listening to that and going, this is going to cause, if this continues, this trend, mm-hmm. this is going to cause a seismic shift in our area. Mm-hmm. Talking about spe- specifically in East Texas. Yeah. And here's why. Because East Texas as we know it has been built, and, and this could probably be true of any small rural type areas across the country. I'm just using us as an example because we've lived here. Um, But East Texas has been built off of boys, men, you know, who young young men who play football. They're four years in high school. They're tough. Whatever. They don't make the greatest grades, but they're, they're local superstars because of their accomplishments. Okay, that's over. You're never going to play football again, so we're going to put you in ETEX or Upshur Rural or whatever, you know, yeah. some blue collar job. For the for the girls it's, you know, hey, you're gonna go work in a boutique somewhere. You're gonna be a secretary somewhere. You know, all all those things. Yeah. And East Texas has been built off of that. Like the expectation that the majority of people who are born here will die here. Like the, that's that's just the expectation is yeah. oh well Graduation's not that big of a deal because we'll see you next week at the store at your new job. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the, the, the mindset. But if that trend continues where the majority of your senior classes leave high school with the intention and the capability of not having to return, not saying that all of them that leave won't, but I do believe that the more that this continues to happen, yeah. the fewer people you're going to see migrate back. And, and what's going to happen is that that's going to cause a gap. Yeah. And, and I, I'm afraid that that it's then and only then that that generation that has done so much to push those young ones away will go, we made a mistake. Yeah. Because now you've created a, a situation, an environment where these kids don't want to come back. You, If they choose not to, that's fine. That they can pursue whatever they want to pursue, but what where we've got to be careful is we've got to reach a point where we're not going to create an environment where these kids don't want to come back. Yeah, uh, a prime you're, example you're of right that. Right there, man. A, a prime example of that is my brother. My brother's lived here all his life. I never expected him really to do anything. I mean, you know, that's been my mentality: is hey, I'm here. I'm going to be here until, I mean, like literally the only reason I, I would even consider leaving East Texas is if God put me in a church to pastor outside of East Texas. Outside yeah. of that, I'm not moving. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I am not on my own accord outside of God moving me going to say, oh, i got to move somewhere else. Just not me. Not my personality. Uh, and I always just kind of expected Ethan. You know, Ethan was a little bit different, but I still thought, well, he'll get it. It'll be fine. But because of things, situations, whatever, it's created an environment where he doesn't want to be here. He, he you know, and that's fine. I'm, I'm supporting him in that. He's going to be moving to uh, Florida come January. That's great. Good for him. You know, a, a, a step up. It, it will be a big step for him in his life, his career. Yeah. But in talking with him in conversations... What I have found is that that most of that is coming because of an environment that has been around him, that has made him feel like I can't do something here. I need to move. 
and I don't really want to come back because if I come back, then I'm going to get stuck. And I think that, that that's what we're going to start seeing more and more of is these kids that go off to colleges elsewhere will get a taste of what it's like outside of their their mm-hmm. bubble, outside of the constraints of what's going on. And, and the more that they do, if we're not careful the more that they're going to look at where they came from and say, well, that's a toxic environment. That's not good for me. I don't feel like I can ever become who I want to be, but I can here, so I'm just not going to go back. Well, we know of two guys. Uh, One of them watches our show, uh, or listens to our show uh, religiously. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Very smart kid, top of his his class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very Mm -hmm. smart. And it's kind of the same situation with him. But you're right. Is that they in these in these areas around here, it's like there aren't opportunities created for them to grow. Yeah. And so they're looking around them saying, This is going nowhere. If I stay here, I'm not going anywhere either. Right. And so that's where you they that's where you get the you know, the ones that say, Well, I'm going off to uh such and such, or off to, um, even if it's in the Dallas area, mm-hmm. they don't come back much. They may visit, but they ain't, they ain't moving back here, you know? Yeah. Um, and I believe that started after my class graduated. And that's, I'm talking yeah. about, I graduated in 13, 2013. I think this started in the class, with the class of 14. It's because I know God people from that class who have moved away. I mean, out of state. Yeah. You rarely ever see them back in town. <clears throat> and it, it just kind of started. You know, my sister did it. You know, she went off yeah. to college, TWU, uh, got her degree. And, and she's been back. I mean, she, she, visits, she but, visits, but she lives in the Dallas area. And I think you're right. That's probably where it started. I just think that it's becoming more and more prevalent. And it, and it is. Because there's more and more avenues to get out. Yeah. To do something different. And, and a lot of that can be attributed to social media or connection with the outside world. Yeah. Because now it's not just our little bubble. Now it's it's not just our group of friends. Because now it is more... And you and I have had this conversation too. It's more common now. So, so for years, I mean, you know, if you were from Pittsburgh, you hung out with people from Pittsburgh. If you were from Gilmer, you hang out with people from Gilmer. But now it's it, it's more about oh, I've got friends in Longview, Lufkin, all over, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and they all party together. They all hang out. It's not it's not so much about your circles anymore, right? And I think because of that, we have kids who are not afraid now to to go on because it's. For years, I think it was, well, well, if I leave, then I'm going to lose that circle, and I really don't know anything outside of my circle. Right. But now it's, well, I can keep these friends, but... i got friends over here. I've got friends over here, or I can easily make friends wherever I go, because, you know, I can pull them up on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever, you know, Instagram, the whole nine yards, TikTok even. Yeah. And I can connect with people. And so I think that that's where... Going back to the, the, the point that these kids are smarter, they are picking up, or, or that they are smart, is that they're picking up on those things mm-hmm. and realizing I can make connections through these different avenues that, right. that might not have been available. But instead of, just because they weren't available uh, to that older generation, instead of looking down on it, 
Mm-hmm. We need to embrace it. We need to say, you know what, that's their choice. And 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 if we do that, now here here's why that's so important. Two reasons. If the older generation will just embrace this, then we can start having legitimate conversations of creating safe spaces for these kids to mature. Yeah. And now instead of a war, now it's an inclusive conversation. Now there's real conversations about, okay, why do you feel that way? Or why are you making this move? And it's not a, oh, that's dumb, or that's, you know, yeah. it, it's just an understanding. Yeah. And, and, and if you can ever come to an understanding, and this is a biblical concept in, in Isaiah chapter 1, uh, God tells the, the uh, children of Israel, come down and let us reason together. Right. And it's not that God was going to change his mind, but God was setting an example of when, when there's two sides that seem to be at odds, the way that you fix that is that you create a common bond. That's right. what he did with mankind through Christ. It, you know, He said there's a gap here. Well, the common bond is Jesus. That's what yeah. links us to God. Well, so what? That you, let's take that same concept. Let's find a common bond, which is I want what's best for you, you want what's best for you, so let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. And let's use that. Right. Okay. But not only would, would it allow, for if we embrace it, would it allow those conversations... But in turn, by being able to have those conversations on the backside, we would leave the door open for these kids to return, or on the front side, we would leave room for, for these kids to return on the backside. And here's what I mean. That, yeah, they're going to go off, they're going to explore, they're going to do those things. Nothing wrong. Not at all. Mm-hmm. But, now here, and here's the key. When they get in their 30s, when they get in their 40s, maybe even in their late 20s in some cases, they're going, you know what? My hometown wasn't so bad. Maybe I want my kids to experience that slow pace of life. Yeah. I'm going to take them back there. They're going to go to school there. But I'm going to raise them in a way that, hey, when they want to to move on, they can. and yeah. but, but you create a space where they feel like they can come back and not backtrack on what they've done. Right. Not not demolish their accomplishments. And I think if we can ever get to that point, you know, you and I have had conversations. There are many towns in this area within a 30, 40 mile radius that I don't expect to, to really exist the way that we know them now in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I my name and names, uh, Omaha, Paul Puitt. Uh, Lone St- Dangerfield Lone Star, yeah. Pittsburgh, even yeah. uh, to an extent, uh, Big Sandy. You, I mean, you, you start thinking if we're not careful, you're gonna lose a bunch of people. You are, and 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 a bunch and, of kids. And you know, there's people. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, dude. Look at the the schools that in the next realignment are going to tumble. And the reason that those schools are going to tumble is because it's based off your enrollment. Mm-hmm. Enrollment in schools in this area, by and large, now granted, there are a few exceptions to this. By and large, enrollment in schools in this area, that, and I'm talking about the East Texas area, yeah. are plummeting. Big time, yeah. We're seeing fewer we've, and fewer we've students. We've seen it with our own eyes. Yes. Fewer, I mean... We're talking about, and, and and we do a sports show. Some of y'all probably listen to it, too. And yeah. So you know that we have a sports sector. 
You think about this. I'm going to bring this into the example. Dangerfield. For years, you showed up and that sideline, it was end zone to end zone almost with kids. Yeah. People in, in, in the, the blue and white, the proud, hey, Dangerfield, we are Dangerfield, all that. There yeah. was a pride there. Over the years, that that has shrunk. Fewer Largely. and fewer. Paul Pewitt, for example, was that way for years. Mm-hmm. Paul Pewitt couldn't barely field a football team this season. Why? Because there's fewer and fewer kids that are there. And it's not just we're living here but transferring out. It's we're moving. We're not. The right. population in these towns are going down. And they're not being replaced. And, and For example, Pittsburgh's big. And I'm not hating on Pittsburgh. I'm just using it as, as an example. Their big beating of the chest point is, well, we've got all these people moving in. Okay. But what you have moving in are 50 and 60-year-olds. That same generation, that that same mentality. Yeah. And what you have moving out are the families. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the reality. Those 50 and 60-year-olds, by and large, do not work. They do not contribute to your local economy hardly at all, other than the fact that they buy gas at the local gas station, they have a cup of coffee at Herschel's, and that's and and, and they shop at Brookshire's. Yeah. That's just the reality. But outside of that, they do not contribute to your local economy. They could care less. And 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 uh, I'll go ahead and bring this into it. That's why you saw an eighty-four million dollars school. Part of the reason that you saw an eighty-four million dollars school bond go down the tubes, because the people that voted on it are people who could really care less about anything outside of their daily life. And if it doesn't affect them, they're not going to support it. Just not going to happen. Yeah. How you turn something like that around is that you get young families, and they come into town and they move in and they start plugging into the economy. And when that happens, thing money starts to flow. Now you've got kids who are happy with, with where they're living. You start giving them opportunities that make them feel like they're a part of the town. Yeah. And then, in turn, they're going to go home and tell mom and dad, hey, this is what's going on. Mom and dad are going to get more involved. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, now you've got a, a town now that has some vibrancy to it, right. some life to it. But But if we continue down the path that we are with these kids that are moving out, Mm-hmm. and are causing their mom and dads to move them out. Because they're like, you know, I, I don't want this for my life. And, and so they're getting parents that, hey, we don't want this for our kids, so we're going to go somewhere where they can have these opportunities. If we don't stop the bleeding, and I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer, I'm just being real here it's as real, somebody yeah. who's plugged into these various situations and has been for a very long time. If we don't stop the hemorrhaging now, forget it. Yeah. That we will reach a point where the schools that that we've known for so long, the towns that we frequented for so long, will not exist. We will reach a point in this area that if you are not connected to a major highway, you can forget it. Right. Just reality. Yeah. Well, this is why I I pinned Pittsburgh a long time ago. I pinned it a retirement place. Yeah. It's just like you say, we have the 50 to 60 year olds that are moving in now. Those people are retired. You know, some of them have made enough money and make still, you know, do well enough that they can retire early. Yeah. You know, and so they moved in, you know, because either, you know, this is a little, little town and you can buy some land or you bought a house somewhere off on the countryside and you just want to retire or you, this is where you grew up. You're moving back. But. It's like the younger couples, the younger people are moving out. 
And so it's like you said, it, it's, it's, if we don't stop the bleeding, if we don't figure something out, then we're not going to, we're going to see a, a, a lack of young people. Yep. A young, a lack of families. And you could possibly lose your whole town to that. I, I hate this. You I will. mean, Pittsburgh is it's a beautiful place, but it's some sometimes the people in it just don't see, you know. And, and again, the we're not va- just the, the value on, in the in the people. We're not picking on Pittsburgh because there's several towns. Yes, like there's it. several several towns, like you mentioned, uh, Omaha. That's a town. We like you said. We I and mean, we're not talking about this just. From hearsay, we've seen this with our own two eyes. Yeah. The football team could barely, like I said, put a team on the field. Everybody, I mean. They did eliminate their TV to do it. Yes, and and uh, Dangerfield's the same way. Now, if you know anything about Dangerfield, if you don't, go look up their history uh, sports-wise. It, that They were, were a powerhouse. They had a big football team, very good, and now it's like they, they're still a very good football team, but you don't have as many fans, you don't have as many players. It, it, that's because everybody, and it's not because nobody wants to play, but it's, that's because you have people moving out of the town. So every year at the beginning of two days, uh, there is a uh, thread put up on Smoky Football Forums, which is the premier chat room for high school football in this area, high school sports in general, but specifically football. And at the beginning of two days, everybody starts reporting their, like, turnout for football and over the years it's even in the the powerhouses mm-hmm. it started to steadily decline and somebody said well oh, I, I remember this past uh summer in particular somebody posted well you know it's just the soft generation nobody wants to play and somebody who actually had a brain got on <laughs> there and said when are we going to wake up and realize that fewer fans are sitting beside us and it's not because their kids aren't playing football it's because they don't live here anymore yeah he said, when are we going to look around and realize that the neighbors that we've had for 20 years don't live in that house and that house still had not sold because nobody's moving there? Or the people who have moved there are 60 years old and have nothing to do with anybody. Like, I mean, he goes on, and, yeah. and I remember reading that, and I go, wow. So then this season I started paying attention to the, the places that we were yeah. going. I mean, places that I've coached in, coached against, whatever. And I'm going... This is nothing compared to where it was even three, four, five years ago. Oh yeah, you know yeah. I haven't I haven't uh, walked a sideline in in the sense of of coaching. Uh, this was my third year being removed. If, I, if I'm thinking, yeah, third third season mm-hmm. out out of coaching. And the last time I did, uh, some of the places that we covered this year that didn't have many kids at all, they had thirty or forty players. And it's not that all of a sudden these kids quit playing football, but I started looking in the stands where once, you know, you couldn't fit enough people in a stadium. Now there's room, and it's not because people don't support their team. It's because people just don't live there anymore. Right. I mean, that is the town now. A good example is that Dangerfield. Yeah. Dangerfield used to be able to pack out their stands, and we've been to a couple of games uh, at their home games, even the playoff games. Yeah. They used to pack the stands. And this this year, they the fans just wasn't there. But that's like I said, it's not because they, of the team. They don't live in the town. Yeah, they're, they're not there. And anymore. if we don't bridge this gap soon, 
That's where we're headed. You're gonna that, lose, that's just reality. And, and you're going to lose a bunch of kids. And that's the sad part. Because not like we said, these kids are smarter now. They're starting to pick up on the nonsense and say, yep. you know what? This ain't worth it. <laughs> right. If, there, if nobody's going to feed into me or pour into me in, the, in a positive way, I'm just not gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna move. I'm, and I'm not gonna come back. I'm yep. gonna take. It's just like saying I'm gonna take my riches elsewhere. Yeah, you know they're gonna pick up and they're gonna move off and they're they're gonna start their family and maybe in another town yep. in, or another state, uh, another city, yep. and they're not gonna move back. Yep. You know, and that's that's sad. Now, listen, I ain't against it. I more power to them. If 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 you have the knowledge and you have what it takes, and that's another thing about this generation. To prove that they're smart, they know their worth. They know what they're capable of doing, and they're not fumbling around with. Okay, I don't know what I. They know what they're very specific in. Like I said, in what they do. Yeah. And so you have those. Well, I'm going to go be. I'm going to go do it. Uh, be a doctor. I'm, I'm going to be a doctor, mm-hmm. or I'm going to law school. I'm, I'm going to nursing school. Uh, I want to be a teacher, or. Um, well, you're seeing less of that now. Well, yeah. Well, teachers, yeah, especially teachers. The lack of teachers in Texas. Um, but doctors, lawyers, um, lawyers, and all these high professions. These are what these kids are. These these kids nowadays are pursuing, mm-hmm. and they're sure of it. You know, they're not going back on it. They're sure yeah. of it, and they're following through with it. And that's why you you have these kids now. You're starting to see they're going off to these big universities. There's a kid I told you a couple of years ago. I um, I had in a uh, high school program, summer program. Um, he was real good with poetry. He was good speaker, writer, and he he's at Alabama right now, the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Yeah. And you know where he's from? He's from Mount Pleasant, Texas. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing you're <laughs> you're seeing more of that, and I'm telling you, you're going to see more of yes. that. And 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 the I, I've said all that about. People moving off say this, that we don't need that. That's not healthy. Yeah. You need kids to feel like they can come back when they're older, come back to the slower pace, raise their kids that way, and then let them pursue whatever they want to pursue. So so to kind of put a bow on the episode, I want, I want to say this. The generation has a lot of potential. For sure. The generation has a lot of drive. The generation has a lot of resources at their disposal. Mm-hmm. Where we need to get better is we need to figure out how do we bridge that gap. What can we do to bridge that gap and make a positive impact, not only on our young people but in turn uh, in our community. Yeah, and that's 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 the question that needs to be asked and answered sooner rather than later. Because the longer we let this go on, the worse it's going to get. Yeah. That, that's just reality. And, and uh, I'm not willing to let that happen. Yeah. I, I, and I hope that... So if y'all have some thoughts on this, you reach out on Facebook. Uh, where else is this? Um, um, Apple. If you have it, Apple, hey, post it on your page. Uh, let your family and friends hear it. Uh, because this, if you live in the East Texas area or small town, whatever, wherever you are, and you kind of you have the same thought process, man. Feel free to to comment, give your feedback on it. You know, we want to know because you know this is a serious topic. This not just talking for our towns and the surrounding areas around us, but everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Every kid is going through this. There's a battle. 
going on between really the generations. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's, you know, we're living in the last days. And then one of the things that we don't want to do is take anyone for granted. And we want to start with our kids. If you want to feed any, pour into them, we want to start with this generation. Yeah. Uh, instead of just hounding them about what's going on around them that they partake in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, let's pour some positive stuff into yeah, it. Yeah. The absolutely. right stuff. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah, feel free, reach out. Let's see what we can do to make a difference. Yeah. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you later on. Peace.